Stash Show. I'm your host, Uppy. With me, we got quite the full room tonight. Um, I'll just move down my Zoom line here. I'll start with the person to my right. We have Beardo. How are you? Great. I'm really excited about tonight. So, really good. Good. I'm surprised you're not fan-fucking-tastic. You know, I think I'm going to be fan-fucking-tastic in a little bit. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So, moving down the line, uh, joining us for the first time in a while since uh, 4th of July, actually, we have Chitwood. How are you? Yeah, I'm fan-fucking-tastic. How about that? Perfect. <laughs> At least someone's into it. I'm happy about that. And then we have Stash. Stash, how are you? Uh, I was so excited today about the best news I've ever heard in the world that I had to take a nap. And that was nice. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it was, other, it, was, it was another person's exciting news, and I had to take a nap. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I hope someday to have news like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then last and certainly not least we have dodger how are you doing tonight man fucking tastic as well uh dodgers won seven to two so uh, pretty good pretty good so i had a really good week if we're being honest i've had a really fucking great week so i'm uh i'm good i'm great fantastic that's awesome fucking tastic yeah so we have the most special beer specials tonight we're going to talk about one beer and one beer only and it is the black is beautiful beer um, less breweries did this and they did all together I, I found or it seemed at least in our area of California but Beardo took one for the team and went to Drake's for all of us and picked up a whole bunch so we are mm-hmm. going to do what we would normally do we're going to drink this beer we're going to talk about it we will see if we can food pair it with anything we'll give it a ranking but we're also going to deep dive too and we're going to talk about why this beer even exists. And we're going to get into our support of Black Lives Matter. So if anyone wants to take a sip and start describing, be my guest. All right. What you got, Dodger? I'll go. I like it. I, first of all, I like strong beers. Mm. So that's the first way to my heart and my pants. But that's uh, <laughs> it's good. It's strong. I like the taste a lot. And I think I have a pretty good food pairing for it already, too. Hmm. Um, some sort, I don't know if you guys frequent Vegas like my younger self does. Not anymore. Um, it's a yearly thing for me. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. That's, that's good timing. You don't want to overdose on it. You know what I mean? Um, I'll say if you go to Hofbrew House, I don't know if any of you have been there. Mm-hmm. It's Hofbrew. I don't know if you noticed like the logo, the HB. It's the beer that hosts Oktoberfest in Germany every year. Um, they have it's actually a huge restaurant in Germany too, and there's only like a few of them. Well, they have one in Vegas, and one of their um, specialty dishes this is is this certain um, sausage dish dish which is really uh i don't know this seems like a german dutch one of those types of beers from out there belgian type beer and um i think that would go with a really good sausage like german sausage dish 
I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I haven't been to Las Vegas ever, but I have been to Germany. I've been to the Hofbrauhaus in in Munich, and I know Chitwood has too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I know exactly what you're talking about, and I think I think you're kind of spot on getting one of those sausages with some of that good German sauerkraut on top. I think that would be lovely. Um, German sauerkraut is a little different than American sauerkraut in that it's sweeter, and so I can I can chuck I could uh, chug down some German sauerkraut. Can't eat American sauerkraut, but I can do German sauerkraut. So I think I think it's a pretty good call there. A little perplexed on this beer because I I don't drink a lot of imperial stout, so it's really pushing my uh, taste buds. But mm. I'm gonna venture off and do more of a um this is definitely something that you can have with a dessert um and a really good fucking mm-hmm. dessert so like uh one example is i don't i don't know if you've ever had it before what they do is they mix um strawberries with um uh, grand marnier so you mix grand marnier and you mix it really close together and then you add like powdered sugar so you get like the sweet and tartness right a little bit of that grand marnier in there with the oranginess and then this kind of like gives off that little chocolatey flavors for me. Yeah. So you kind of, you can kind of roll it together if you really wanted to, but I'm talking like you're only getting a small amount. You're not sitting there eating a big ass fucking bowl of this shit. You're, 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 right. you know, you have little pairings of like that or a, um, um, a creme brulee or, um, some sort of strawberry shortcake ish type of thing. Cause it has that feeling, but it has a little bit of tartness at the end. So it's kind of really throwing my flavors off. Maybe by the end of the night, I'll have a good, a better understanding. Cause at 10% alcohol, go fuck you up. It'll, so, yeah. It'll just, it's, it'll 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 it's a panty dropper. This is what you give your girl when you're like, Hey, hey baby, you know, How you <laughs> let's doing? make a baby. <laughs> I, uh, I agree with that. That's, that's good. Cause definitely I'm getting that, that chocolate taste for sure. I mean, it's just a chocolate vibe. I mean, it just, you know what I mean? Just the look of the can. It's a good can too. I like it. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. something with like dark chocolate as a dessert would, would go perfectly with this. I think it'd be super good, but also what you said, the strawberries and grand Marnier, that's perfect too. And as saying it, you know, it being a light beer, obviously this is going to be a little bit more of a filling beer. So something light with it, just kind of bring that sweetness in with it. Yeah. That's a good call too. I, think I love beer and food, so I'm probably not going to disagree with any of yours. But <laughs> yeah, I think I think going along, you, you know, Stash, you, I think you hit it on the head. Um, maybe more of an end of the night beer, uh, depending on perhaps how much you've drank it at that point. You might you want to remember this beer once you get to it. So um, I think it would go pretty well with a dessert. Um, but for some reason, that that chocolatey flavor that almost like a i don't know stash you said it when you first took a sip that chocolatey milk almost mm-hmm. um experience kind of took me to maybe a mid morning kind of brunch like if you really wanted to just have a nice beer with so, it, it can't be any type of breakfast or any type of lunch but a nice brunch selection maybe yeah. in germany over with some sausage um yeah. and you know a full spread would would be pretty good um but i i think that dessert uh kind of end of the night beer fits it better i just have to say as a stout it hits the notes that i want a stout to hit 
Right. So I either want it to be this level, like either some sort of chocolatey taste or coffee. And um, this hits. Now, 10%, you can't go wrong either. So um, whoever came up with the recipe, I know it wasn't Drake's. Drake's was mm-hmm. just a collaborator, but... Whoever, whoever came up with the recipe did a good job. So the recipe actually uh, was created. I'm just on their website because I, mm-hmm. I happen to have them up. It was from <laughs> Weathered Souls Brewing Company. I think they're in Oregon. You guys can double check that at some point. Um, San Antonio. San Antonio. There we go. Way yeah. off, of the, uh, <laughs> off the other coast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's by Weathered Souls Brewing Company. Yeah. Way to go, Texas. Uh, yeah. I like it. I like it. I think it's a it's, good it's, good fit. Right. It is. It's really good. It is a great beer, and I, I think all of your uh, food pairings were spot on. So yeah, I, I, I can't even I'm think of anything that I have better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad I have three more in the fridge. Let's be honest. I'm kind of jealous. Um, of you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I also like, very I was, jealous of you. I, 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 bought, <laughs> I bought 12, so I bought some to send to all of you guys, and I bought two packs for myself. So I've gone through one. I've got one more left. I broke into the last one today. Nice. So, yeah, it's been a good week. Yeah, I was, I was a little nervous about drinking a 10% stout in the middle of summer, um, but... This hasn't disappointed. Like, well, and if you drink it late enough at night, you can pretend it's a late fall evening. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I guess ultimately I'm just sad that it was necessary in the first place, what's going on politically around true. this with the racial inequality. But before we get to that, we are going to rank this thing. Our mm-hmm. ranking scale is zero to five in quarter point increments. And uh, we'll work reverse order from when I, from where I introduced everybody. So we're going to start with you, Dodger. Uh, zero to five quarter point increments. Okay. Um, I mean, like I said, I really like strong, strong beers and I like this beer, especially the fact that I'm just drinking one. It makes me enjoy it a little bit more. Um, I'll say, I don't want to say four, seven, five, but I don't want to say four, five either. You know what I mean? So I'll say four, five. That's pretty impressive. Or four and mm-hmm. one half for going four. fractional. <laughs> <laughs> four and one half. I like that. Stash. What do you got? You know, I've not had a lot of Imperial Stouts, so I don't have anything to base it off of. And I don't want to give it a I don't want to give it a bad rating, and I don't want to give it a one hundred percent rating. I'm gonna really go down the middle on this one. Although it's not bad, it's a little heavy for me. Um, uh, I, I, I'm going to go down the middle on this one. I, I, I may even just, um, abstain from voting on this one. Really? You can't I, do that. That's yeah, cheating. you can't. That is, you can't do that. The, the, the United States Senate does it all the time. If I, if they can do it, I can do it. Yes, but we're more honorable than they are. That's true. Stash is filibustering this, this, uh, <laughs> this decision here. So. I'm going to give it a full five stars because I love the can. Black is beautiful. So. I like it. So we'll, we'll, we'll go that route. 
<laughs> All right, Chitwood. Uh, I, I think the can's beautiful. The the beer is is very good. Um, although I do like my heavy beer. When I get to the uh, stouts on beer flights, I do typically just toss them back because they're not my uh, really my taste. But this one is something that I will enjoy as it goes down. So um, I think four or five is good. I think I might be. Li- going a little bit towards a four, two, five, just because stout's not my, um, specific taste with beer, but, uh, it's a solid beer. Here no. I, I, please, are you going to take the jerk roll tonight? <laughs> well, I'm going to bend the rules a little bit. Okay. I'm going to give it two ratings. I'm going to give it a rating on taste and I'm going to give it a rating on concept. Okay. So, you know, we've talked about this before. This is not my style of beer. Um, it's a little too much flavor for me. Um, I'm not a big fan of the chocolate or coffee flavors in my beer. Um, so, yes, I'm going to play the jerk roll. I'm going to give it a 275. Um, while I enjoy drinking it, I, if it wasn't this beer, I wouldn't go out of my way to buy it because it's not my style. So for my taste, it's a two seven five. However, on concept, I'm going to give it a solid five because this is this is a necessary topic. This is something we should be talking about. This is something we should be supporting. This is an issue we should be throwing money at. So I am going to give them my money all day, and I'm going to buy this beer. So. Just on concept, I'm going to buy this beer whenever it's available. So um, if you want to average those two out, I think it brings me to like a three, five, something four, like two, that. Five. Or, uh, I'm um, sorry. It would be a four, I think. Okay. Four, seven, five. So, <clears throat> so that's where I'm at with this beer. Um, not my cup of tea, but I would still buy it all day. I have to applaud you. I love the little twist you threw in there to soften the blow. Um, I'm also glad you did it. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> I was like, shoot. I mean, I'm going to look like the jerk. Um, I do. I do really enjoy this beer. I mean, I don't like many stouts. I like this one. Um, they crafted a good recipe out of this beer. And then as Peter was saying, the concept is phenomenal. Um, my actual ranking of the beer is going to come in at 375. Um, it's far from, you know, average, but it's not top tier if I was going to rate it as a stout. Um, but I really like it, and um, I wouldn't have minded spending my own money on it. I just happened to get lucky, and Beardo spent his money on it and gave it to me. So um, If I happen to catch win. it in one of my local liquor stores, I would absolutely pick it up to you for the same reason. So, speaking of said topic and why it's necessary to keep talking about it, we will um, indulge a little bit on talking about Black Lives Matter and the support, the reason why this beer exists. And because I love putting them on the spot, I'm going to let Stash take it away. Oh, um, first and foremost, I want to say that to all those that say all lives matter and then decide not to wear a mask in public, mm-hmm. fuck you assholes. Fuck so. so, um, obviously not all lives matter to you. Uh, secondly, um, 
let's do a little bit of contextualizing of the Black Lives Matter meaning, right? Because I, it gets lost um, easily in the conversation, um, both politically and in and, a and social context as well, is that when um, a, the, there was the, the Ferguson's the riot and uh, there was another killing of a black man, right, by police, um, the, letter, the, the letter or the, actually the opinion that came out was, at the very end of this very, really beautiful written opinion piece um, was like, do our lives not matter? You know, do black lives matter, right? And so it was essentially just asking, do we matter in the context of society, right? Um, and it just took off from there. And <clears throat> I think it's important and it's great when uh, corporations decide that, that they wanna be part of the process but it can't be tokenism, though, at the same time. Uh, we did this with social media. Uh, we showed the black uh, square, right, whatever. Or and they'd like to put out these statements and say, yeah, we support these, you know, we support black lives and we, we want to be part of the movement. But then don't help push to make their um, governing boards more representative of the, of the community that they live in, right? Or their management doesn't look that way. Or they're not paying $15 minimum wage, right? Or they're not providing health care or, uh, you know, relief um, as far as um, days off goes, sick days. So I, I applaud them and, and, and it gets it out there. But I almost feel like it's, I mean, I don't know enough about both both those companies, so I don't want to disparage them in any in any matter. It's beautiful, it's it's great, but is it tokenism though at the same time? Mm. Beardo, your thoughts? Yeah, so I just I actually wanted to talk about the beer a little bit and its connection to this Black Lives Matters cause. <clears throat> so this was a recipe created by, like you guys have already said, a brewery down in San Antonio. Now, every company that brews this beer, and there's about 500 of them, get to choose which foundations get the proceeds of this beer. The only thing that this company in San Antonio asks for for sharing this recipe is you actually donate the proceeds to an organization dealing with the African-American community. And so Drake's actually chose a foundation called Black Futures Lab. And Black Futures Lab is all about getting um, political action in the African-American community. And so they are working on making sure that African-Americans are represented in the census, that they are taking part in um, registering to vote, um, and running for office, both local and nationally. So those are the kinds of things that the Black Futures Lab does. And that's who Drake's, who we bought this beer from, is donating the proceeds to. Um, the other thing is um, Dodger talked about the label on the can being an absolutely lovely label. Um, and it is really cool. But the label also has a meaning and so if you look at the label, it's different shades of brown, and that is to represent the different sh uh, shades of skin on African-American people. So that's actually what all of those different little um, splotches on the can are meant to represent. So it's really an absolutely beautiful can. And the black is beautiful. You'll notice it's in the big 
block letters. It's meant to mimic the um, Black Lives Matter um, signage. And so there's a lot of really neat things going on with this beer. And this is really something that I'm proud I was able to purchase and be a part of. Yeah, you know, I uh, I did a little bit of research, and I when I first saw the can, I you know, I already I already knew what it was about, and um, you know, I read the side of the can where it says "brewed to support justice and equality for people of color," and when I saw the the font on the front of the can, I knew exactly what it was. But I but I you mm-hmm. know I did my research, and that was you know what what I found. But you know, the only thing I got to say is Black Lives Matter. That's it. Every other point has been covered and will be covered. Uh, Black Lives Matter in the way that Uppy is uh, in the complete dark and his screen is completely black. I don't know if that's symbolism or what that is, but I I fuck with it. Um, Black Lives Matter. That's it. Yeah, and I think to round it out, uh, where you... Where you began us, Stash, I think is where I want to take us to end is you, you, you brought us back to the roots of the BLM movement and, and really trying to understand the, the context for society is um, to what extent have our, um, these, inequ- these inequities and inequalities been recognized beside, by society um, and where have they been brushed off and far and few between have they been uh, adequately recognized um, over I mean, over the past 250 years of this nation's existence and so on and so forth. But I think where I go is um, being the history teacher that I am, it, I go back to this period of reconstruction where after the Civil War, this war that is fought over slavery is this time period that's sometimes heralded as putting the nation back together, um, but also kind of moving past some of these um, these major hindrances within our our nation. But really, this period of reconstruction is such a terrible term because one, what wasn't reconstructing in the first place, a nation founded on inequality in the first place uh, and two um it is a, a misleading term to to make it seem like we went through this period of construction and w- we did our part to kind of lay the foundation for a um a brighter path following the civil war which really had roots far before that. So um, I think really lo- taking a step back and looking at history can really show us um, a lot of the roots of the BLM movement and really what what we need to address still today in this nation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. <clears throat> well, and I want to, I just want to throw out there that you know, I think the biggest danger is really what we call systemic racism. It's that built-in idea that we have to fear the black man. Um, you know, so we put systems in place to keep African-American people down. Um, and I think that starting with Reconstruction, we started 
making sure that we as white people could continue to keep that upper hand. Um, and it really sucks. It, it's been really terrible. And I, I think there's a lot of really like decent people out there who think, you know, I'm a good person. I love everyone equally. But then when you say black lives matter, they want to say all lives matter. matter. Um, and you know, that is, I think that is a reaction of fear. I think that is, you know, you might say black lives matter, but I think all lives matter. And they, I think they honestly do think they are saying it to try and make everyone equal when in reality, what they're doing is they are not taking into account all of the data that shows in our society, black lives don't really matter. And so I think, I think that systemic racism, that racism that is built into us is really that the thing that is the thing we need to fight hardest against. Um, And I will, I'll use a classic example. I mean, it's, you know, when you're walking down a dark road and you see uh, a black man coming at you, what do you do? Well, as white people were like, well, we're going to keep going straight because in the past we would say, oh, we're going to go to the other side because we want to make sure we're safe. So now we're just going to keep moving forward. Now, I will say that I, I've caught myself just doing that very thing, saying, you know, I'm just going to make sure that I'm going to go straight on this road so that this man coming towards me knows that I do not see him as a threat. But the fact that I have to consciously fucking think that shows that even though I think I'm a good person and I think my intentions are pure, that I've got that built into me that I have to be afraid of the black man. And that fucking sucks. It's absolutely terrible. And that's what systemic racism to me means. We have that built in fear and it's from generation upon generation upon generation of putting this group of people down and vilifying them saying we have to be afraid of them being successful. We have to be afraid of them being equal to me. And so when I thought about that the other day, that I consciously think to myself, I'm going to stay going on the straight path so that I pass this, this person and they know that I'm not afraid to pass them. That fucking conscious thought pisses me off. I shouldn't have to think that. It's like we, how many times yeah. have you? It's like how many times have you driven through the bad part of town and caught yourself locking your doors in your car? You know, mm-hmm. same thing. It's, yeah, it's terrible, but very well said, Beardo. Thank you. Yeah, we all have unconscious biases that we all we all grow up with. I mean, it's even prevalent in like the Latino community. You know, uh, there's there's and some there's anti darkness, anti blackness, anti dark skin. There's you know there's anti a lot of things. You know, you don't speak enough uh, enough Spanish, and you're not you know Latino enough. You're not Chicano enough. Or if you do speak Spanish, then you're too too on the far on the other side and you're not Americanized enough. So, you know, and so there's all of this weird social construct that's built into it, you know, 
like imagine if like there was more of a message during that time of reconstruction that was saying hey poor white motherfucker you're poor because these rich white people are giving the jobs that you would normally be doing for free labor right they own these people and they're making all this money and living in mansions while you live poor right um and then now they're going to make you fight a war for it saying that they want to take away our our way of life you know so um i i i wonder i mean i i don't ever want it to happen because a lot of um people died uh during the civil war a lot of um i don't even say a lot of Americans on both sides died. I just want to say a lot of Americans on one side died because essentially what they did is they did mm-hmm. succeed from the union um, to the point where we had to fight them to bring it back in. Um, so it, it happened, you know, like people want to debate, debate that, but it happened. So, but my point is that imagine if um, the propaganda machines that we had now, um, if we were able to actually harness that and use that for good to say, it's a class war that you're fighting, you know, you're fighting to keep a class system in which you're, you're going to be dumb, broken, white, <clears throat> and you're fighting for them um, to keep their way of life going while you're still dumb, broken, white, because yeah. you're not going to give, they're not going to give you those uh, same resources that they have where 90, 90% of the upper, the 1%, you know, all, all the 1% were literate. They can read and write. You know, they were college educated, you know, uh, they weren't living down in the holler somewhere, um, you know, uh, uh, try, trying to get their hog to have more hogs and whatever, you know, like their daily lives. They, they were not affected by any of that shit. So so I don't know, you know, like it's it's weird if we, if we could harness that pro- propaganda machine for good and show them now it's more of a class issue, especially with Black Lives Matter movement. If there is a large portion of it that where they're saying it's class, like if you look at Dr. Cornell West that comes out and says he's in support of it, but he's also saying, look, it's also about class. Like there's a lot of poor Mm -hmm. white people that can articulate and be on the same page with, with, with the BLM, right? Because it's, they're keeping you both down, you know, they're, they Mm -hmm. want you to fight each other because they know that, that it benefits them in the long run, you know? So um, I that's it's just weird to to to, to think about, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Roger, did you have yep. something you want to add? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I will say about you know touching back on if you were walking down the street and you saw you know at night and you saw a black guy walking towards you, what would you do? In my bit, in my line of work, there's a lot of uh, judgment that you you know when you see people walk through the door or whatever, walking you know parking, and you think, oh well, you know this guy. And I'll go through what a lot of them are. I mean, for me personally, when I, this is the biggest one that I have is that when I see a couple, you know, a couple walking in, it's a a white couple or it's specifically an older white couple. I'm like, well, fuck, this is not the group I want to help. That's mine personally, just because I know it's going to be difficult. They're going to ask a lot of questions and try and trick fuck you and play a game with you. You know, people see, you know, unfortunately, black people walk in, they go, oh, no, bad credit. You know what I mean? Like, there's just those little, like, things that, that in, in my, you know, in car sales, that's what people look at. You know what I mean? And there's one for every single race or type of person. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, I just wanted to show the, 
there are talk about the things that I see every day and kind of the, uh, those stereotypes you go off of and it, and it goes deeper than just like, what would you do about this person in public? Like mine's like, honestly, white people, like they like, that's, that's the thing that scares me is that these people think that they're so privileged and it's just like a natural thing, especially where I live. It's a very right wing state and people are very privileged. And we have a lot of African-American salesmen who are really good. I mean, our top three are, salesman at the place until now i work there now but um they're 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 african-american and i see people walk in white couples walk in and like look at them and be like oh fuck like you can tell like oh fuck this guy's about to talk to me and then i see me walking up to these people and no problem people go into a car into a car dealership all the time and they don't even want to be fucking bothered but i'll tell you what when they see me and one of my you know co-workers and friends that's african-american standing next to me and i'm the one that steps up and says hi they the look on relief on that face is absolutely fucking ridiculous and um things like that are uh you know i mean like that just makes me notice it's fucking everywhere the 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 problem of division between race is fucking everywhere and it's alive and makes itself very known on things like that. So I, uh, like I said, these people that I work with are fucking great people. And you guys know I'm, you know, from a place that's predominantly African-American. That's what I've been with my entire life. And, you know, it's just, it sucks. I can't even imagine a lifetime of that or everywhere you go, every fucking where you go. Every time you walk into a gas station, that person's like, oh, uh oh, a black person, are they gonna steal? Are they gonna rob? Like I'm not saying everyone's like that, but I'm saying that in a lifetime, I'm sure you have thousands on thousands on thousands of um situations or you know what I mean? Like um that kind of feeling that you get when you walk into a business or when you go and do this and that's just like that that's the shit that needs to change. Because I know my family and the people that I keep around me are not like that at all. And that's very comforting, especially knowing you guys, how, you know, and I will say far left you guys are very enjoyable. And the fact that you guys are good people to everybody and you give everyone respect until someone fucking lacks the ability to give you respect. And I love that. You know what I mean? And that's why I keep a very small circle and I really look at people's morals before I get involved with them. So uh, we're going to get around wrapping up. So does anyone have any final words? I think one last thing, just to go back again to the great wisdom of uh, Stash over there, um, is utilizing stop, stop blowing up. Uh, is utilizing <laughs> that um, that mainstream media in ways that doesn't necessarily promote this promote the division that the mainstream media would like us to um, to use it for, but um, instead in ways to foster and promote. Uh, genuine conversations perhaps similar to the ones that we're having right now that is addressing these unconscious biases that uh, do exist in our society and addressing them head on and and really moving forward and how we can um, can combat them and and move forward with that within our society and and um, push back against this division that is trying to be pushed upon us and and focus on actually taking action 
Anyone else? Yeah, I got something real quick. You know, I'm like I said, I I think that I also have some inherent ideals and um, that stem from generations and generations ago that need work and need help. But I think I can honestly say that I I just want to work every day to be an ally for anyone who needs me. Um, anyone who, who can use me, anyone who can take advantage of the talents that I have, I honestly want to sit and help them. I want to do what I can for them. And that's the best I can do. That I cannot promise to always have the best ideas or the best intentions, but I can honestly say that I want to be an ally to anyone who needs me. Thank you. Um, I would have to add to that. I think that's very well said. If I could have found the words, I think I would have tried to said what you said, just not as well. And, um, you know, ultimately, I think what it comes down to is, you know, we're not young kids. I, I, it should be all of our missions to try to help do what we can to solve this and move past it and build a better future for everyone, not let this be a problem our kids have to face and our kids have to solve. How about we be an example for once and get the dirty work done and just make society better for everyone. Finally, you know, I mean, our generation doesn't have the world war one or world war two or whatever to talk about, but what if our generation was one that finally showed, Hey, we're all in this together and we're all one human race. And this is how it should have been from the beginning and thank you and you're welcome you know <laughs> yeah. um that's about as good as it's about as pretty as i can talk after downing this 16 ounces of 10 percent beer but, <laughs> um i do want to thank you all for joining in tonight and for your wonderful words and you know we like to have a lot of fun on the show but we love to be serious too so thank you all for that and mm-hmm. um i know everyone who listens to our show are the most upstanding of people and uh, we challenge you to look deep within yourself and see what you can do as well because this is not going away just because we dream it or want it to or ignore it and won't go away if we elect a new president like covid apparently so um just be better um we all are and we hope you will too and um till next time uh we all wish you a good afternoon a good evening and good night Slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up.
This is America. Don't got you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry him. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so dull like, yeah. We gon' blow like, yeah. Look what I'm whipping up, look how I'm geeking up I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci I'm so pretty, I'm on get it Watch me move, this is Sally That's a tool, on my Kodak Check my follow and listen. You, you motherfuckers owe me.